This is the MDRT Podcast. In an ever-changing world, it can be difficult to determine what policies to put in place for staff. Are you comfortable making changes to when and where people work? Are people still in the right role for them? During a Zoom conversation in June 2021. Carla Brown, Chester, England. Matt Duffy, Murfreesboro, Illinois. Shared how they have decided the responsibilities and procedures that work best for their team as they move towards a new era. We did all our meetings face-to-face prior to COVID-19. And if somebody told me that I was going to go completely virtual, I wouldn't have believed them. So we very quickly had to adapt. We had to embrace the technology. We were a bit backwards from the technology perspective beforehand. So we really had to embrace that. We brought in a new client portal as a result, which has encompassed video conferencing, document signing, instant messaging with clients. And that's been a real hit. That's really helped with client engagement. I think the thing that we've learned from that is not to be afraid of change. You know, change is always going to happen. We don't know where it's going to come from. You know, we can foresee these events happening. But being prepared to adapt and adjust and revise what you're doing, as we've had to do a number of times in the last 12 months. And actually now I feel we're in a much better place and we actually plan to stay mainly virtual going forwards. We will see clients face-to-face if necessary. But from an advice perspective... I feel we're able to give a lot more virtually because we can we can see more clients, we're more accessible, we can offer a better service, I think. And also from a personal perspective, we're not as exhausted. You know, we're not spending as much time traveling. You know, you're not sat in one meeting worrying about are you going to have enough time to get to the next? So for us, it's made us much more efficient and much more productive. Awesome. I, I have more of a micro level example that happened recently in our office. We had hired a new receptionist a couple of months ago, and it didn't work out. She wasn't cut out for office work, and we had to let her go. So we posted for that job, and we interviewed several people. And, and one person we interviewed had a lot of experience in our business and would have been a really good candidate for a different position in our office that really wasn't open. And after that interview was over, we had a meeting with all the staff, and, and I asked the person that's in that position now, I said, what's the least favorite thing about your job? And she told me, and it was really about half of what she's doing right now, that other person was very qualified to do. And she said, I really think I'm more fit for the other position that's open, even though it's completely different. So just that simple question of what do you like least about your job really opened that up because we we would have filled that other position and that person would have been miserable for the next two years doing what she didn't like and, and left, you know, so asking those questions of your staff and, you know, you mentioned the meetings and reviews and those things. And I, I can't stress the importance of that stuff. And I've, I've not been great at it, but that's important because it's really going to help us when we're filling open positions in our office. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Matt. It's something that, that we do as well. We have, we call it the activity inventory. It's a thing from, from Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. So we do that typically once a year with all our team members and get them to fill in the inventory. So what do they actually do at each point of every day? And are they good at it? And do they enjoy it? And then we can pull that all together and think, actually, you know, are people doing what they want to do? Or is there somebody better suited within the practice that perhaps could pick that up? Or do we need to bring somebody new in? And that allows you to scope out the job for a new entrant if you feel that's appropriate at that time. I think it's a great thing to do. How do you decide between having standard policies for clients and staff versus something that's customizable for each person? Yeah, for our side, we, um, so prior to COVID, we all worked in office. We didn't have a flexible working policy. 
And then obviously, I mean, in the UK, we went into to complete lockdown. Everybody had to work from home. At the moment, the advice is still to work from home where you can in the UK. So we do still have people doing a sort of a hybrid at the moment. So they're in the office half the week. They're at home half the week. But we definitely have some team members who have been more efficient at home or may have just preferred working from home. But then on the other side, we've got some who are completely inefficient from home and are not treating it seriously. So we've had to kind of develop a policy or policies that are flexible, but we can have discretion over who it applies to. But also from that perspective, from a HR perspective, we have to be really careful. So it's a really difficult position. You know, we can't, we can't say to some people, if, you know, if you've got three people doing the same job, well, you can work from home, but you can't. So it's trying to manage the team's expectations of what is appropriate when they're working from home. So, for example, we had one team member who thought it's appropriate to go and work from a holiday home and make it as an extension of a holiday. So we've had to say, no, that isn't appropriate. If you're working from home, you're working from home and you're at work. So it's managing people's expectations about what we expect, but also appreciating that actually they like a little bit of flexibility and that makes us a better employer by giving them some flexibility to maybe manage their work-life balance a little bit better. So it's still a work in progress for us. We haven't quite got to the bottom of that yet. You know, I mentioned before we started recording that I've literally, I've, you know, for the first 19 and a half years of my career, it was mandatory face-to-face, period. There were no exceptions. We would not write any piece of business if it wasn't face-to-face. And, and the bulk of that was in our office. And, and few clients, we would go out. So, you know, when COVID hit, obviously that came to a screeching halt. And it was very, very, very difficult for me mentally. It was a huge challenge because it was just completely different than anything we'd ever done before. So we still are basically in, encouraging all face-to-face meetings if possible, but also we had to, to realize that that's not going to be the case going forward with everybody. So we have changed the policy in our office that we, we encourage face-to-face meetings for everything, but if the client wants to do Zoom or Teams meeting or just a phone call, we're doing that. And it's still a struggle for me because I feel like I'm better when I'm face-to-face the emotional connection is not always as, as easy on the phone and, and on Zoom. So we don't have any official written policy, but we still try to do as much as we can face-to-face. But we've also realized, you know what, it's 2021 and post-COVID, that's, it is what it is. And we're going to have to do some virtual stuff. And I think it's about giving the clients the option, isn't it? As you say, Matt, some people will prefer to see you on Zoom. And if that works for them, or it means they can get perhaps get both parties to the meeting, whereas they wouldn't have been able to get both to the office, then it just allows you a bit more flexibility, makes you more accessible as a planner. Yep. Is that where you're coming from too, Matt, even though you think you do better in person? Well, the staff members know when they're doing appointment scheduling that my preference is a face-to-face meeting in the office. Second is we'll go there. And third is virtual. And if the client wants to do virtual, we're not going to say no. We would have in the past. And and again, it was black and white. There were no exceptions. But we can't do that anymore because our competition will. And we just have to get with the times. To Carla's point about doing work from a vacation home, obviously no one is supposed to be working while laying in a hammock, drinking a pina colada. But there are some who feel that as long as the work gets done well on time, it doesn't matter how or where it happens. How do you determine what is and isn't okay? Yeah, I think the issue for us with the, the team member who's working from a holiday home was that you know, we inadvertently dialed into a Teams meeting with her and she was dressed for the beach, she wasn't dressed for the office. And so she's got clients who are dialing in and she's not giving the right image. That's where the issue was. 
I don't actually have a problem with somebody working from the holiday home if they're treating it as though they would do if they were working from home. I really, you know, as you say, Matt, I don't mind where people are when they work as long as the work's done, but it's got to be done in that professional manner. You know, you can't answer the call if you're all covered in sunscreen and sunscreen and uh, just off the beach, you know. <laughs> it's just being grown up about it. Sure, and same, and, and, and obviously it, it depends on the type of work the person's doing. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine somebody trying to, to hold Zoom meetings for a vacation home, but if it's somebody just, you know, appointment scheduling, that type of thing, I, I really, why does it matter where they're doing it from? But, but most of our stuff, our staff here, we're not big enough to really section that stuff out piece by piece, so we have a lot of people doing multiple duties. And it would be be very difficult for most of our people to be very efficient outside of the office. But again, if I have one dedicated person that all they did was schedule appointments, I don't care if they're in London or if they're in Murfreesboro or they're in Hawaii. If they're scheduling their 10 appointments a week, it doesn't matter where they are. It is just about being sensible, I think, isn't it? Yep, completely. And that's why we had to let our most recent staff member go. She didn't get it, you know, and that's fine. She's not a bad person. But you need to be sensible about being in a professional office environment. Has that changed your mentality at all in terms of looking to hire someone virtually, if it doesn't matter where that person is? It hasn't, only because we've not hired anybody for a virtual spot. And right now, at this exact moment in time, we really don't have a need for that. But we're going to get ready to add a couple of producers probably in the next 60 to 90 days. So when that happens, that would be a possibility. Yeah, we've actually outsourced some of our admin support. So we are now using virtual team members. And as Matt said before, we've always been in office. So it has been a change in our processes to allow us to do that. But um, certainly the technology that we now have means that we don't have to think about where in the world is that person located. Can they get to the office? Can they get here on time? Because we can be much more flexible when we're, we're looking. So it opens up the talent pool as well and that we can look a bit further afield. That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.